I guarantee you, without Googling or anything, that there is a United Nations yeah. board game. And if we played it, we would bicker, and then nothing would happen. Same as the UN. <laughs> and then we'd pass a non-binding resolution that we all agree the world should be a better place. And like, by the way, we're going to bomb that country because it's got oil rights we want. Uh, I veto that. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. My name is Crofton Steers. I am the Kermit the Frog of this podcast. With me are my two co-hosts. Uh, first off, please uh, welcome my Miss Piggy. I'm talking about Mike Hodgins. How are you, Mike? Hey, Kermy. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. It's kind of our our our. It actually is a good relationship dynamic of like weird sexual tension between us and argumentativeness, and and domestic violence from you to me. Uh, yeah, but you know that's always. Yeah, I'm trained in the martial arts. Spe- speaking of people trained in the martial arts, uh, please welcome the Fozzie Bear of this podcast, Bo Schwartz. Uh, 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 hey guys, how's it going? What does Fozzie Bear sound like? Hello, I'm. Is a, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm Fozzie. That's a good choice. I was, I was also wondering if Animal was going to be Bo. Oh yeah. There's a there's a lot of. Uh, options if i could have made mike bo statler and waldorf i would have done so but i felt that was the old men yeah on the balcony (laughs) how is mike not one of those two people we we how are you both not 10 minutes ago i said did you guys check out the rogue one trailer Mike went, and then Crofton was like, that's exactly what I felt. Like, you guys are clearly Statler and Waldorf. What are their names? I never knew those guys' names. Statler and Waldorf. Statler. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great salad. Those were those characters that, like, when you're a kid, that you're just like, oh, those guys are kind of annoying. But as an adult, they're increasingly hilarious. Yeah, they're, they're, like, almost the best. They just shit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, my idols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we inspired, they inspired uh, a large part of the show. Um, so good, good on them. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing? It's been a rough week. I've got the old stress shoulder, so when I get in a place of stress, my shoulder starts to like act up and get all tight and painful. So it's like there's a knot in my shoulder, but um, things are now smoothing back out. So stress shoulder slowly ebbing away, but uh, otherwise I'm good. I'm ready to do a show. All I'll say is a counter that is don't ever have children. <laughs> because when I think of all the worst weeks of my life's pre-children. They all seem like paradise compared to my worst weeks since children. So, do you have a stress shoulder, like a, a equivalent for you? Is it like I don't know? Go- I do you have stress, stress gonads? Like, I, I'm tired today. I was like, it was caregiver styles today. I was talking about this last week, but man, it drains me. I'm so, not cut out to be a parent. I should. They should have. You know, people say it should be like a license to have a kid. I'm like, yeah, and I should have been denied it. I'm like, you do not have the energy and stamina for a child, so, Mr. So, Hodgins. Wait a second, Mike. Like, what? How? Maybe, maybe you could use some a 360 review of how your parenting is going, because like, 
I'm sure it's tiring, but it sounds you make it sound really tiring. And I'm just wondering if like I just you guys it, are jogging on treadmills. It's, it's, like, it's how this are you... dual thing of like I lo- I love my son so much. He's 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 opened up my eyes to a sense of like love and meaning in life that I didn't even knew existed before having a child. Wonderful stuff, and drains the hell out of me when I when I'm when I'm solo with him for like a whole day. I just am like don't you like sit in front of Netflix and just like go no, do your I, own well stuff? I'm not that kind of father. Mm, I like, okay. try to take him. I just have the sometimes they fit the stereotypical incompetent dad. Like I always try to do something and fail. Like today I'm like, okay, we're gonna go to the pool. I check the schedule. I go to the pool. There's no swim time because I checked the wrong day because I'm an idiot. And I was like, oh, okay, damn it. Let's go to another pool. I know it has times. We go there. It's closed for maintenance. And then they're like, try this other pool, which is way across town. I went there and it was like, the whole thing was a big fiasco that threw my whole day off. I just wanted to go to the pool and I couldn't even accomplish that. But if I didn't have a child, it would have been easy. Or I would have said, who cares? I'll go to a coffee shop and chill out. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, the world's smallest violin is playing on my shoulder for you. I just feel like you got it pretty sweet. <laughs> like, well, he, Mike took, for those who are unaware, took last weekend off with his wife, spent the entire weekend in Montreal um, sipping cappuccinos and, and, and sleeping in a, a luxurious hotel. And then next weekend he has the entire house to himself as his wife and child go exploring another city. Um, pretty nice. So yeah, it seems it seems pretty sweet. So we just caught him on his bad day. Look, before I shit on Mike further, and we'll pull a random topic that will allow me to, I'm sure. Um, I I wanted to. Uh, there's something that that came up this week. I wanted to draw y- your attention to both of you. Um, it's called Loki's Wager. Have you ever heard of this? Hmm. It sounds vaguely familiar, but no, you you have to okay. enlighten me. All right. So. It, it's it's a logical fallacy is essentially what it is. And the reason um, I I thought it was interesting because I was looking up – at the time, I was looking up this other logical fallacy called No True Scotsman, which is a story for another time. But it led to – you know, as Wikipedia trips do, it leads to this, this Loki's wagers thing. Essentially, uh, what it is 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 the Loki, the god of trickery – um, is, is told that he must get his head chopped off. Um, and then he said, okay, well, then you can, you can chop off my head, but you cannot take any part of my neck. Uh, and so they, they got into, then they get into this thing about what's the head and what's the neck, and they spend all the time trying to define it, and in the end, uh, like, he essentially gets, gets away with it because they could not agree where one ended and the other began sort of deal. It sounds like the Merchant of Venice and the Pound of Flesh, but not a drop of blood. Wasn't that the final thing in that? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. That That's a good um, That's a good analogy. Charlotte's like, sweet, I win. What? <laughs> not a drop of blood? Ooh, cruel but what it what it made me think of was a lot of our discussions, and often I'm the one that's like, or or we'll spend a sizable amount of time defining something. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll pull a topic, and we'll like, what does this mean? Well, does it mean this, or does it mean that? And then in the definition, we sort of cop out sometimes of giving an ac- accurate verdict. I can't think of an uh, and a precise example, but I know that I have done it personally before where I've just spent so much time locked in the definition or the defining to get out of giving it what probably I should have given it as a, as a, as a, a verdict. I, it's so. interesting that you bring this up because I have something that's quite similar that I was been thinking about a lot lately and I 
had I known about this concept? Have you, you guys heard of this concept of a, a wicked problem? A wicked problem sounds like a Boston problem. Yeah, it was. It was, it was coined in. That's Boston. a wicked problem. Yeah, it's true. It was actually did come from Boston. Uh, some academics around there, and essentially, I think that what you touch on it, and and why sometimes it is hard with a lot of the topics we discuss is a lot of them are things. So, a wicked problem, just like very briefly, is a problem that is super complex. Like, for example, climate change is a wicked problem, where you start thinking about it, and it, it's related to culture stuff, it's related to economics, it's related to science, it's it's got its tendrils and everything. And the reality is, there are no like solutions to these wicked problems, and it's things like poverty. Uh, it's things like racism and colonialism. These are all wicked problems. They're everywhere. Uh, and they don't really have solutions and they're super hard to define. And I think that a lot of times we get topics that are kind of like that. And it's like all you can do is talk about them. And uh, I listened to a podcast about them recently and they were like, you can never solve wicked problems. You can only hopefully make them better, not worse. Was kind of the takeaway I received. There's like... That's anyways, and well, a lot of the least, things we do talk about are like that. You make them better at least by discussing them and picking the parts, the parts of it you that you do know, because understanding them is wicked hard. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know that that was really smart what you were saying there, but the whole time I just kept hearing it in a Boston accent. It was a wicked pisser. <laughs> all right maybe all right. we'll get a wicked topic today when we get oh the 10 on 10 from that segue dive nice one there the judges uh like it crofton do you have a do you have a the judges they're like eh, it could have been better i'm a segue <laughs> judge i've been a segue judge for 30 years i don't Sadler work Walter. unless you pay me ten dollars and give me a waldorf salad all right just start the random topic generation <laughs> Giving her today, she's real loud. Uh, okay, the topic today is public art. Uh, public art. So, so not art, but art in the public. So, no, no, it, no. Okay, what it is? It's it's basically publicly funded art. So, okay, you there's very simply you could say, and I some artists might hold this view that you make art. And then you, you know, you exhibit and hopefully you sell some, period, right? But there's a whole big thing. Like in Canada, we have, say, the Canada Council for the Arts. Uh, in, in a lot of municipalities, when they get a new project going, they'll put out tenders for uh, an art for a park, a sculpture or something. You see a lot of sculptures. That's public art. Art funded oh, by the public. I see. And some people would say, like, that's BS. And other people would say, hey, it's wonderful. We should have publicly funded art. All right. Let me let me let me start somewhere. Can we just pick a place to start? I think that art is probably a compulsion. There's a compulsion to create art. So, the fact that you have that compulsion to create art means that it it's what does I feel like the starting point is that it doesn't matter where the money or the ability to find time or get the tools to do the particular art comes from because the artist has the compulsion to create art. Is that a place that we can start with this? I mean, yeah, this thing has got, it's just like, I think in the end, it's kind of like a lot of people make art and, uh, you know, are dirt poor. 
and uh, and and they and can't maybe sell their art, or they're making a kind of art that isn't marketable or doesn't have a consumer demand, so they make no money, and then maybe eventually they give up on their art. There's a lot so, of artists, you know, it's a starving artist yeah. is like well, a thing. Well, like one thing that blew my mind, and I know Crofton wants to get an opportunity to chime in here. Crofton, you're up next. But one thing that blew my mind is I took some English class, the Romantics, that I, I definitely failed, um, where in the we had to learn, read William Blake poems. And I'm like, oh man, all these writers, you know, they probably struggled, but they received success. I think if I memory serves, William Brake was pretty much broke, homeless person his whole life, and then posthumously, we his works are lauded and studied, and I'm reading it now in university, like he's this awesome thing. And I'm like, this guy saw nothing for his work, and I it thought goes, that it's so sides. strange. That story and I, that's not uncommon, I guess, but at the no, time, at my age, and it blew my mind that this And there's person... people like Michelangelo who are famous and had a patron for their entire lives, and they were able to do all these great works of art because someone essentially was like, yeah, I'm going to support you. Um, that's a rich person. When some people say that's still how art should be funded by the people who can afford to buy it, and they should, and it shouldn't be publicly funded. Crofton, please. Uh, so... If I'm going to start somewhere on this, it's it's like we go back to talking about stuff like taxation, right, which we did on this show, and, um, and, and people's political views and where they stand with regards to art and where they stand with regards to taxes. Reason is public art is paid for with tax money. And so, like, your money that would go to – that you may be okay with going to uh, snow clearing – I live in Canada – or, uh, you know, sewers or infrastructure or whatever, you you might not be as okay with it going to something that is less tangible. Like, you – there's some practicality associated to some of the art, but like in many cases, it may just be something to look at or something to appreciate. And uh, to, I just I just want to to give a, a funny a sort of little funny example here. It, so we Mike Bow and I live in Ottawa, which is capital of Canada, and there's lots of there's lots of um, art products projects done by both the the national, the local, uh, and the municipal government in the city. And one of them was there's this park, Jack Purcell Park. Um, uh, it, it was it was named after a hockey volunteer, a longtime uh, Ottawa hockey volunteer. But there's also a famous Jack Purcell in in, in Canada. It was a national world champion of badminton, and essentially, art was commissioned for Jack Purcell Park which was a series of like essentially giant badminton rackets all surrounding the park. But that park wasn't named after the Jack Purcell, the badminton star. It was named after Jack Purcell, the Ottawa volunteer. And so essentially people were, you know, kind of up in arms. The other, the, the Jack Purcell who it was supposed to be in tribute of said, Oh, you know, it's an honest mistake. I don't care because he's a nice guy, obviously volunteers. Uh, but like it just goes it it goes to show that like you're already on a fine line when spending taxpayer money on art and so you have to be sure you get it right and it's hard to get it right with art because everybody has a different perception you know i don't know much about art but i know what i like you know and 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 what some person likes the other person might not like what somebody thinks is a good spending of their tax money another person might think is a horrible waste you know 
It's 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 pretty interesting, and I think that's like kind of in some ways the nail on the head of this topic is uh, the subjective value of art. I can think of so many pieces of art that some people are like, I love that thing, and other people are like, I hate that thing, uh, and it could be any piece of art. Uh, so I guess the, the thing being that like if you're gonna buy art, you buy the art you like, and you don't buy the art you don't like. Uh, but once once it's taxpayers, then it's like. You might be subject subject to art which you dislike and know that you paid some share of, um, you know, and, and and also so a couple things sort of related to that is in who decides what art is public art? Some committee, like what gives them, you know, some committee on of, of like provincial, federal, or um, you know, and they might consult some public, but like why do they decide like this art is more valuable than that art? Because again, it's so subjective. So someone, you know, you might have an artist who puts something else forward and they're like, the committee doesn't like what they have, so it doesn't go through. Someone else's does. Like, who's to say? I mean, it's in, it's so subjective. It's almost like there's no, there's no right way to, to choose the project. But at the same time, and this is the other thing about art, is that art shouldn't be, it's not like pop culture. You know, it shouldn't be, uh, and this is like idealistic, Art shouldn't be like what people like. You know, that's what pop culture is there for. Uh, art should be what challenges you. You might make you uncomfortable. You might hate it. Uh, and that's what it might evoke. And art is supposed to push the, push uh, boundaries, try new things. And if, if it was only driven by demand, uh, then, you know, you'd end up with pop culture again. And maybe by having something like publicly funded art, you're going to get things which are more provocative, uh, which you don't like, evoke a negative reaction, and that's part of what art's supposed to do, I think. So, 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 where does the like? Because the publicly funded part of all this makes me feel like what we're essentially saying is we're bringing art to life that would not otherwise have a patron in terms of an individual or a company or something. Like this is it's for, and I'm thinking of Canada here. It's for the this. Because we're Canadians, it's hard to get away from the fact that there is a lot of outside influence from the world in the kinds of things that we consume, the art that we consume. And maybe I'm thinking more pop art than than actual artist stuff. But there is very much this idea that we want to make sure that there is Canadian art and culture out there, which is where the idea of the public funding comes from, I think. And, And one side of the coin would be like, well, we have culture. If we'd have culture, don't don't try and force it. And I feel like, and I have this bias that all Canadian like public funded art is fucking crappy. (laughs) Like it's just self indulgent and overly, you know, um, it's self indulgent and overly filled with meaning and all of this kind of stuff. Very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, So you're saying if you went to like Chicago or something and looked at their public art, it would automatically be better because it's American public. I haven't, okay. I I haven't given that that much thought. I'm I'm looking at just the Canadian, like the Canadian thing when I'm, when I see like national film board on a movie, I'm like, Oh, this is, I'm not going to watch this. (laughs) You know, it's going to be, it's going to be terrible. I don't want to watch a national film board. movie. I I actually wasn't thinking about stuff like that. I'm I'm not sure. Is that uh, when we say public art, we're talking about stuff like national film, Think, stuff too yeah right? i think grants like it, it goes yeah. for writers too uh you know a lot of writers who publish uh could not get anywhere near making a living living off selling their published work they usually get buying grants uh, and, and still do not make 
a lot of money. They, they, a lot of these artists who get by, and that's because of public funding. So yes, I think it does include them. Because I was, I was going to say, like, uh, getting back to the statues and stuff, like, I made it sound like the only way those things get done is through taxation, but where in many cases, especially around here, you'll see, like, a developer wants to build a building, and the city will be like, alright, you can build this building here, but you know, you have to add value, artistic value, cultural value to the area, and then they may, you know, work with the city to commission uh, a, a, an art piece that comes out of their coffers and not necessarily public ones. So I guess maybe it was inaccurate to say it's always tax dollars, but um, I definitely did not think about stuff like the National Film Board, which is a which is a a good point. We have more of that in. Canada, I think, than they do say in the States, although I would venture to say in Europe, there's probably a lot of support, uh, a lot of support to the, um, uh, to the arts. I, you know, it's kind of um, tough because you get romantic visions, if you will, of these things where you think, you know, if there was nobody, if there's nobody buying this art, and people are make, making it and it's challenging and it has worth and all this sort of stuff, but they're not able to afford to make it and, and the state is able to to allow for prominent display or distribution of their, of their art. Um, is there value in it? And if there is, is it enough value to make up for the fact that you're spending taxpayers' money? Um, and that's that's the that's the tricky part. And it, again, comes back to all art being like I might see something and be like, oh my god, I can't believe that that this uh, exists. I'm so happy. I enjoyed this so much, and it never would have existed without support from the government. And you and you do see like the government support is sometimes co sponsorship of a film and stuff. You'll see the logo of Canada on different things, even though that they're not fully sponsoring it. And I can't think of a ton of things off the top of my head, but there's some things that have definitely permeated the fabric of of uh, of Canada in terms of uh, of you know uh, arts and culture and and funded by the government. And uh, there's def I you see merit to it in retrospect because you those were successes those echoed with a lot of people. But I just wonder, like if if the government might give the example of these things that. You know, people might hate the government sponsors a statue that like 90 percent of people are either unmoved or uninterested in or maybe even dislike. Was that, a, you know, was that a mis- was that a mistake? And if so, like, you know, should they be even in that business? Well, like, like I feel like the end result shouldn't be, you know, like it's art, like. Like, I feel like what's important is that the people who are pursuing their journey of creating art are allowed to do so. Like, as someone who works and, you know, during the week, I can only pursue my part of art of podcasting during certain times. But, you know, having the funds to enable me to do other projects, to do other things, would be something that maybe the stuff I made would really suck, you know, but I'm being supported and so I, you know, I'm part of the institution of artists in Canadian culture or the culture of whatever country where the, like the idea being that we have a stable of people out there creating the culture. So, 
Um, I guess I just wanted to say that bit to what you had to say, which was like, Grant, grants yeah. or something else in tar- too. I, di- I didn't really think about in that way, and it, it's, it's funny how it's a rabbit hole. Well, but like, there's applying- like investing, and then there's grants, right? You know, like sometimes people invest in art projects, and sometimes people just give the money well, for free. Well, like art. invest an investment in art would be a private investment. You know, like so you you manage to sure. get a, a sponsor or a supporter, and that's essentially what things like Patreon. Uh, follow us and, and follow us on Patreon and give us money. Um, that's what that's what uh, that's what those things are are for. Are to are to be a Patreon a patron. Whereas in 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 um, in the case of public funds, it's the government ask acting as patron for a select amount of artists if they meet a certain amount of criteria, right? But it's it's so I guess a couple of things that are so art is you know might be. You might not like it, whatever, whatever. A lot of it, though, is just beautiful and does make something more beautiful. So a, a pretty recent example, very near me, is um, a parking garage that went up about a half a block from my house. It's a parking garage, right? Mm-hmm. About the most boring structure you can think of. And so this, the city, I guess, when they put out the thing, they wanted to have a public art element. So I don't know what the process was. I don't know anything. But it has some public art in it, and it makes that parking garage way better than it would otherwise be. It's just concrete. So, and, and it's got like three levels or something, and the area that the parking garage in, there's like a, a canal nearby and this like lake called Dow's Lake and blah, blah, blah. So each level of the parking garage uh, reflects these areas and has different things. So like the bottom level has fish. There's all these fish on different like – on all the concrete pillars and you go up another level and then there's like frogs and like, uh, um, what do you call salamanders and stuff. And you go up another level and there's like squirrels and woodland creatures and you go to the top level and there's all these birds. There's like a blue heron and a, you know, all in just in concrete, just kind of either some of them are chiseled in a very small thing. I don't know what it costs. I'm sure enough, but it's a parking garage. Like the, crappiest looking structure but you walk through and you're like this is actually kind of nice like and uh so when i'm meandering around with my son we go in it and he'll be like oh a squirrel and there's you know it, it it's not like it's not necessarily provocative in the sense that it draws some um something out of me that 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 some types of art might but it's certainly beautiful and it turns something which would otherwise be a, a really mundane structure into something which is actually nice to walk through and uh, and there's some color in it and there's some and there's some sculptures of fish sort of on the main level as you go in so that's sort of one point it it can just make things which are drab and a lot of our like infrastructure stuff is drab uh beautiful and that's you know no one's really going to crap on that if you (laughs) but another another thing i want to mention is that a lot of art uh, so we talked about, we got into things like grants and, you know, if you're a writer or even if you were to consider this art podcasting, as we mentioned the other day, low bar of entry, right? Like if you write, even if you don't write well, you can still write and maybe you can get it published or you can self-publish. It's going to cost you a bit of money. Uh, I, I have a friend who is a bronze artist and, uh, and she makes a living at it. And I think that uh, most of her income comes through public, um, she'll win a, a, a public art funded thing. Bronze is expensive. Like for her to make a piece, it costs thousands of dollars. So as much as like, you're saying, the artist is compelled and it's like, if, if you can't, but say you're making, she needs that, to be enabled like, cause she can't. What is she well, going to do? Work you, at McDonald's how, to get money for bronze? Like, yeah, like you'd have to be working all the time. Think about it, paying all your bills, paying all your overhead, and then to spend tens of thousands of dollars making bronze sculptures because it's your passion. I mean, maybe that would happen. And she does sell. How stuff. do you get into bronze making if you don't have She's money a, to begin you, with? 
uh, and school. started making what? School. How, how do you get into bronze sculpting? School, yeah, she went to art school and, and was into sculpture and then got into bronze. There's not a lot of women working in bronze, so it was a place to – she makes beautiful stuff and it does and it does actually sell. Um, I think but, if I'm going to put – like if I'm going to be cynical here, put the, 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 big, the big thing is that is people will say like, look, these – if you're making something and people are not willing to purchase it or or you're not able to make money on it then then what is what is the worth of it and and to use uh, a pro wrestling uh, parlance uh the, in in pro wrestling you get booed you get cheered the worst possible thing that can happen is there nobody makes any noise nobody cares and so if nobody cares about your art then then why should the government like technically you should be eliciting your art should be no matter what it is be it written audiovisual sculpting it should be eliciting a reaction from people and they should be wanting to engage with it um and you could argue like it's and i i could easily argue about being a podcaster and how it's difficult to promote and difficult to get known and to rise above all these other podcasters or to rise above all these other artists and and get to get noticed but is the government is it the government's job to cherry pick artists and be like okay you are going to get recognized or you are going to get elevated or you are going to get funded and that sort of thing if you can't do it yourself like if you can't successfully but, do it so yourself. the thing about that that's interesting is it like like you, each one of us, we've seen a lot of bronze work. You have. If you walk around like Parliament Hill, downtown, in most cities, you'll see a statue of someone in bronze. How is someone like so? If you can't make a living, if you can't devote your life to something like sculpture and a medium like bronze, uh, to be able to do something like a statue of the Queen, you know, or something like that, which may be a kind of a mundane thing, that's still art. Uh, we see it all over the place. But, like, what are you going to say? Like, someone, you know, at art, like, we'll give you money to do, you know, this portrait of an important person. The rest of the time, you're on your own. And the issue with that being that a lot of times, like, like we might go by and see a piece of bronze art that we think is interesting. But do you have $20,000 to buy it? And or would you buy it? So even if you liked it, you might be like, I like this. I wouldn't buy it. I like it. Uh, and then, and then even Probably, if you, you I really like it, I wish I owned front. it, I don't have $20,000 because it costs you know, a big piece of art is going to cost you tens of thousands in bronze just in material. And then if you start adding up the labor to make something like a fine sculpture, it's so many hours. Like these people are not making good living at art. Their their hourly wage is probably much less than 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 any one of us. And we've all we're all working in publicly funded jobs at the moment. So it's one of those things where it's like we want there to be art. And and you quoted wrestling. There's this other famous quote by Winston Churchill for a very counter. <laughs> During the Second World War, people wanted to cut, cut – this is like a famous thing – wanted to cut arts funding in Britain for the war effort. And his response was something like, if we don't have art, what are we fighting for? And it's this kind of thing that like art is part of humanity. It's part of culture. It's ingrained and – and and you can't just let all your artists be street people who are trying to like 
scratch a living. But do you think that that's honestly the case? It should flourish on its own if it is if it is so. And, and see, you're using these examples of giant bronze statues, uh, but there can be lots of little bronze statues that could be sold to to, to people as opposed to like like. And, and, and Bo was talking about the film board and like the film board or the CBC and 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 how they sponsor you know television shows with Canadian content and all that sort of stuff as sort of cultural protection i mean like that's all stuff that's all stuff that you could argue well you know what there's plenty of people that can make audio video content uh and if it's not good enough for people to pay want to pay to see it then why should we be funding it hmm. um a, a friend of ours uh who sometimes listens to the show mark andre who plays on our frisbee team was telling me he was reading a book that was called buy an artist a beer or something like that and the basic point of the book was it most artists um, don't like barely make ends meet. Barely make ends meet. Right. Uh, and uh, and this is even with some getting some public funding, right? Because you might get a contract one year, you might not get another one for five years. You know, and, and that might pay. That's like gives you a decent wage for one year, and now you're trying to sell your art again. You're they mostly don't make good money. Uh, and so, and it, but, but art is this intangible thing and it's not mass production, right? So like, if you want to make money in business, you know, you mass produce something, you sell it to a bunch of people, art, you know, you could do prints of paintings, say, uh, but like, if you're nobody, how many are you really going to sell? Mo- a movie, it's, a video game, all the stuff that we consume is art and culture. No, you can't. You can't draw a line on that. Well, pop, there, pop art is like film. Film and art, like be like this movie that has no artistic merit. This one has artistic merit. Yes, you but know, it's Crofton, like, you must be aware of the of the term. Like when people say fine art, it's not to say it's better. That's not what it's about. It's not like it's better than pop culture. Pop culture is art. Yes, absolutely. Pop art. Sure, pop art, which has a consumer appeal, and that's great, and then it has its place. I'm not saying we shouldn't have that, but there's other kinds of art. Uh, that are avant-garde or go counter to culture, have a particularly anti-consumeristic view. People hate, might hate it. Uh, and you see, like, that's still driving stuff forward, and that's important. And, and, it, and a lot of artists doing one-off pieces, like, you don't make any money. And it's just like, so to expect these people to devote their lives to them, like, we hear but a few that make it, and, that's, and it's great for them, but it's basically like winning the lottery or becoming a pro athlete. You know, it's one of those things where most of them toil in obscurity, like Bo was talking about, people like William Blake or Van Gogh. There's and any number that you that never even made it to prominence after their death. The work on this stuff, they mostly live hand to mouth. And I have a friend who I went to high school with, who's a poet, um, and she. Um, I saw her mom a few years ago, and 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 she works as a poet. She published, but no one buys poetry. And I think she gets grants. And her mom had been like, oh, you know. She's such a hard go, like she, but she's devoted to it, and that's great. But she lives below the poverty line to do art, and I think the idea of public funding be like, let's just give these people a bit of a helping hand. They're not living the high life, but, and they're doing as art. But yeah, I, 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 and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here, but I still like going back to Bo's point from the beginning. People who do art, who are into art, are doing it. They're not. They're not doing it necessarily for all of us. Like, and maybe some of them are, but for the most part, they're doing it for themselves. They they are interested in making art. This is what they want to do in their free time. And in many cases, um, some of the art that they make it could be very challenging. Could be appreciated by generations in the future. 
but really could nobody could really be into it or whatever and it's just you know it's just for it's just for them so essentially one group in society is being given money opportunity whatever from the government for doing things that they would be doing anyway or enjoying things that they and it's like oh they're living below the poverty line i you know i get that sort of stuff but it's like they could work a job and do arts in the evening Excellent. or whatever Hang like on. they well, well, I want to say talking, something once you finish I'm, your thought that's why yeah I, uh, so uh, they could they could do these these uh these things and yes it 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 would be more advantageous for them to have more time to do art. But it's, again, it's, it's choosing a class of people saying that what they're producing is, is of value and engaging it and measuring it in a certain way. And then, and then giving public funds uh, to those people. And I can, I can see it just being a very contentious uh, issue for some people. Yeah. I I think, I think you make you bring up a lot of good points because it's funny how much I undersell myself because you know like, <laughs> we like like we do the podcast here Me and, too. and it's an act of creation but I would never call the pot like there's maybe an art to podcasting but I don't consider this the creation of art even though we're delivering a product I but, would call it a craft sure like we can call it something there's creation and there's energy involved and we're doing a thing in our spare time just because we feel like it Lord knows we haven't we have Less listeners than we do have episodes of the show, probably. But we still have lots of listeners. But, you know, we do this because we have a passion for it. And and if thousands and tens of thousands start listening to this program, we'll be very happy to do it just as much as if the current small niche coffee shop amount that do listen to it. We love you guys. Now... But there is one thing I do that I that what I was saying is underselling it is crazy. Like I've actually made some music that gets used. The song in this show I made. I'm like I, I'm like I guess that's art, right? I played some music and made it. I made a sure thing, it's art. and and I've done this for a couple of projects now. And I did get some some individuals on another project I did who reached out to me and said, "Oh, can you do music for my show?" And um, I didn't feel like it. You know, I didn't want to because I'm not engaged at that level where. Where I necessarily like, it's not a commercial product for me. So there isn't an. In, I'm not looking at it from an industry point of view. However, if I could be supported to create the things that I did want to do with regards to that, I would feel better about it. And like, I'm working on a project right now, and I'm actually finding it difficult to even. I don't have kids. I barely have an excuse, but I'm finding it difficult to find time where I'm in that zone, that good creative zone, working this job. Like, I come home and I'm like, I have every intention of starting to work on the track that I'm working on. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm in that place. It's not that I, I'm, oh, I'm so tired. It's just I'm not in that good space. And what money for artists does enable is just they can wake up in the morning, they can go to the coffee shop and debate about politics for an hour or two, or drink beer or have, do their drug of choice, and then get. So in their they zone get to live the it. high life. It's not the high life, on, but they get to, the, they get to dime. do the thing that they want to do. And here's. You bring up a good point because I think that's it's a it's not an uncommon view of people who don't work for the quote work for a living. I think the thing is is that you know you have to make choices in life. Like you get to a point where you're going to say I'm going to have a home and I'm going to be well taken care of, 
and that's going to be my priority, or you make the other choice. I think a lot of people who make the other choice are, are they're not understood by the people that make the other choice. They're severely misunderstood by the people who make that other choice to prioritize things, almost to the point of being called lazy and somewhat vilified as, as you know, lazy folks. But that's a choice that they make to prioritize the thing they want to do over what would be traditional values of, say, well, I have to save money to buy a house and, and get in my car and all these other priorities before I get to the art. Where the artist says, those things tax my ability to do the thing I do, so they're not my priority. Well, and that's why we need the funding, because they're making that tough choice. And somebody's got to, you know, if we want that culture, if we want that inner culture, somewhere publicly, we have to come together and say, we need a way for those people who do create to at least not starve. Well, and, and don't pretend like... You know, these people who they're doing art all across the board are just like showing up, like they graduate from art school and it's like, eh, um, time for some money. Give me money, government, for our project. Like they're doing art. They spend years doing this stuff for free. Like you don't just wake up one morning and you have a great talent. You know, you have to work at it. And um, I've mentioned before that I like uh, – and I consider myself a writer, though I haven't actively written in a long time. And I spent uh, – probably a couple years of my life working minimally so that I could write stuff. And, but here's the thing, like I, and I was young and I, and I did, I wrote a few novels and some screenplays and things like that. And the reality is, was they were all pretty shitty and because it takes a long time to get good at something like that. Uh, but I was tired of being broke ass all the time. And that's, and that's how I felt. Now I'm not crying and, and nor would any of the things I had done been worthy of public funding. Like if I had submitted and tried to get a grant, I'm sure I wouldn't have got one and I wasn't probably deserving of it. But a lot of people uh, put in a ton of time to get to the point where they have the talent and, uh, uh, and they have the drive that, that, that they're getting public funding from stuff like that. And I, I gave up as so many uh, do. And like Bo, you know, I still think about it every day almost. I'm like, Oh, I need to get better. I have ideas. And but I'm just like, you know, and I'm not even working but, that much. But that's it. all you're saying. All you guys are saying is like, we really like to do this stuff and we want somebody to give us money is really no, it's really what it, it not, comes down to. Not even. It's just that I think what you're 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 not realizing is that people the people who do end up making it have spent many years sacrificing. And sometimes all they had to get them through maybe was like an arts grant to give them an extra year to help hone their craft till they got that. Like probably a lot of the books that you've loved or whatever might've been someone who was poor dirtbag writer at some point And then, and then they honed their craft. They made something good. And then they got commercial success. Some people will never do that. But for every someone who gets there, you need to have a whole bunch of just fail because that's how it works. And, and it's like, and, and most of them, like most people do not get funding, like they work at this stuff. They just give up and they, or they keep toiling away and they don't make it, you know, whatever. Uh, but I just giving a helping hand, you know, and, and people always say like the arts are underfunded uh, and, you know, it might amount to millions or whatever over our country. But like, you know, if you were to compare it to something like subsidies for oil and gas or something, uh, which is, you know, free market enterprise thing, you might be like, well, that's BS too. Uh, it's well, just, what's, yeah. what's tricky, I think, it goes back to what you said earlier, which is like it, it is you're defining art and you're saying that art has value and you're saying that therefore we are going to support the people who make art. And all of all of that makes sense. It just starts to fall apart at the seams 
when you start when you start having people that then be like, oh, you know, this, th- th- how is this art? This is garbage. I can't believe, you know, I can't believe we, you know, we're paying for this. Most people would agree to to contribute to something that they think has a value. Where where I I think the point I was trying to make is um, that artists make art because they're passionate about it and. The problem, uh, the problem is people can be passionate about a lot of stuff. Very few people want to work all the time or whatever. They want to uh, maybe do other things. And artists are getting uh, remunerated to do the things that they, they love, perhaps by the public purse. When Bo's example was talking about somebody asking him to make something, he could perha- uh, perhaps have made a profit on that, in which case – um, it would be like sort of a private transaction. And people who are like harping on public funding and stuff would say like, well, this is it. You know, they have to be able to be self-sufficient. They have to be able to make money. And I, I made some of those, uh, I made some of those arguments early on. I just think that where, where it gets, where it gets tricky, where things just really get tricky is, is whenever you ascribe some sort of value uh, value to art and choose one artist over another or even a whole genre or a whole type of art say this is art this is not we were talking about podcasting we couldn't even agree uh, what is it a craft is it art I don't even know like and and I think that that's where, where the spending of public funds has to be extremely prudent on the other hand you don't want really boring art so if you're too prudent and think about like you're walking down those halls of a hotel with all the art that they choose and it's the most generic, boring, does nothing, might as well be wallpaper, you know, does nothing for you. So you need to take risks with art as well. So the whole um, – yeah. the more we talk about this, the whole element of publicly funded art is just, you know, it, it, it is much more contentious topic than you would think. Definitely. And I mean – and I uh, – Andrea's, uh, my wife's uh, uncle, is an artist, and um, he, well, he's also conservative, so that may be helpful, but he, he's an artist his whole life, and he taught art, and he was a sculptor, and he had a firm view as someone who worked in it, and he was like, I had a job, because, you know, I, you can't make a living selling sculptures, and he would sell some, but, you know, and he still did it, and that was his firm view, there shouldn't be public funding, if you can't sell your art, then get a job and keep making art. And you know that's a fair that's a fair argument in a, in a, in a lot of ways. But again, it just it sort of it comes down like so many things. It's like what um, you know. How do you see uh, what society would you like to live in? You know, one one in which um, some rich people buy art and display it in their house, and then there's no art anywhere except for people who put it there, like graffiti artists or something. You might not even like it uh, on their own time and on their own dime, and that's all there is. You know. And or or would you like to see some art which you would have never thought you would have liked until you saw it in some park and thought, well, that's amazing. And occasionally a piece of art where you're like, really, that's publicly funded art. What a piece of crap, which, you know, you're going to have both those reactions. I have both those reactions to public art, I see. And uh, and I feel like I'd rather have the world in which, you know, some artists are commercially successful, some toil and obscurity still make cool stuff and contribute uh, and some that get a bit of funding to help us along, and then we all get to see more art than we otherwise would. I think that's a better world. I guess sounds, I'm getting towards where I'm going to Yeah, it sounds verdict. exactly like a roll-up to a verdict. Uh, yeah, I, I have, yeah, we're getting close to verdicts here. We're, we're really on, over time. But uh, 
I wanted to add one thing, and this is more because I understand Crofton's not trying to be a villain uh, he's, versus the artist. He's trying to be devil's advocate and wrap his brain around the thing. He's doing good work, folks. And I wanted to sort of take a swing by his neck of the woods and say that I think the concern when people get funded is that it creates a sense of, um, uh, what's the word? Le- not lethargy, but, you know, if you're a struggling artist and all of a sudden you have some security around the fact that you'll earn income uh, with, you know, making whatever, you know, how do we know you're pushing yourself to perfect the techniques that you're disciplined in? If you're a pianist or if you're a sculptor or whatever, it is, like, what it, like, you know, we do, I think, ask some reasonable assurances of the artists that we're giving grants, and I'm not 100% sure if that's true or not. You know, like, okay, the product is what the product is. We don't know if we'll like it or not because it's art, and who the hell knows? It's a big experiment. But, you know, we've shown prior work, so how are you pushing yourself? How are you getting better? Like, I think that the view is, well, they're being funded, so what are they fighting for? Basically, you know, when I work, if I'm working in a job, I'm fighting to feed my family. I'm fighting for something. I'm making myself better to earn more money to, again, take care of more things or whatever it is I'm doing. It's to try and be better. And and I think I think artists are not necessarily driven by these things, first of all. And second of all, they do have a discipline where the, in most cases, they you know, you can be a better actor. You can be a better sculptor. Like they're practicing presumably to be better. But I think when you look at publicly funded stuff, you're like, and I think mainly of films in this regard, it's just like sometimes it's self and no one's trying to be a better storyteller. They're just trying to be like, oh, I like this shot of the lake. And they like this crappy song. You know, like, and, and this is the thing I'm creating or this weird painting or this, oh, the word installation art or whatever. Like, weird things that are supposed to be full of meaning that are just absolute boring. And you know the public funded it. And you're not, I'm not thinking, why do we pay for this crap? I'm like, why are we enabling this person? This person actually needs to get a job because he's not doing anything useful this time. <laughs> you know, like... That's yeah. the exact point is yeah. that, that Bo's version of something, uh, a, a, of being not worthwhile or whatever and shouldn't get funded might be different than somebody else's. And then it, it just yeah. it gets really complicated yeah. really fast. So I guess what it means is, if you call yourself an artist, the government should just give you money. But you know, eh, but it's but it's not that. I know. Anyways, it's so not that. We should That's probably get to verdict. Okay. Um, All right. Let's bring in the uh, let's bring in our, our our panel our panel of expert jurors who you know uh, are pretty smart. <laughs> and, well, and, yeah, they don't sound like they're smart. They are. Order in the court, folks. Time to deliver verdicts. And um, hmm, who I'll, should go uh, first? I'll go middle. Michael go first, and Bo will go last. <laughs> All right. I like I like the new Cro- manager, Crofton, like Crofton, a team yeah. leader, uh, uh, Crofton, who's starting to take charge. And, and he's, this, taking up the, he's taking up the mantle of shitting on my verdict after you. But that's okay. No, no. The, the <laughs> logic behind it is that I hosted, so my voice can't be last. You're pretty much done your verdict from before. You just have to sort of reheat it. And then Bo has to go last because Crofton, of You whatever. should be publicly funded. You're an artist of conversation. Look at, listen, look at this logistic uh, um, masterpiece. So uh, it's funny because I know it's like from this conversation and uh, I, I do think we've been playing a little bit. The Crofton's been playing the devil's advocate for he, in this case, he's a piece of publicly funded art that you'd be like, oh, God, I hate it. But 
you know, you're glad it's still there because it provides a counterpoint to the nicey, lovey stuff. And I'm the piece of publicly funded art that you're like, oh, wow, it's this cool looking shiny thing. I like it. And Bo's the piece you don't notice, I guess. Uh, (laughs) No, that's not true. Bo's also a shiny piece of art. Uh, Crofton's just the one that's I'm like a piece of you don't, it's like wow. human shit in a box or something that someone <laughs> human you know. shit in a box okay. right. you, you think I just there is a famous piece of art uh, where I... a guy tanned his own excrement and that was art, his art sure um, sure you know art it comes in all kinds of things okay and as much as jars well I guess I'll just go and say good get it out of the way I think public art is good Because that's where I was going to land, and I think from the conversation it seemed clear. But it is, you know, as this conversation has shown, it, like I was much closer on the line to bullshit versus good than I am with a lot of things I give good, uh, because there is such a subjective element to this, and you know, the like what who chooses the art, um, you know, how's it chosen? What makes that person like, you know, that person gets some job as a bureaucrat or something in a committee or you know, there's probably if someone in if any of our listeners know about the process better than we do, maybe it's much more robust than we're giving it credit for. In any case, it's definitely got its problems. But I do think that the most artists live a life of sacrifice, like to do art, uh, and uh, and not everyone is capable of doing great art. You know, and and I think that when those people come along, it's good to support them, and they, you know, it. There's always going to be people like Van Gogh who just like, or William Blake, just die. And then everyone's like, hey, look at their great stuff. Too bad they live like in homeless people and then just died. Like, yeah, you, you know, that's really that, getting a lot of value off of their material now. They're like, yeah, and now it's all worth millions of dollars. Isn't that great? Too bad their life sucked. Uh, and, but it's good to know that there are people like, you know, I use Michelangelo again, or people that have had patronage. Uh, and I think that's just a modern equivalent of patronage. It comes from all places. There's still rich people who are patron of the arts. Uh, and, and I think that the state plays a role in providing some patronage for artists too. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it all has a place and art enriches the world. Uh, even if we don't like it, it, probably most of us in the back of our heads would be like, I'm glad it's there. Anyways, I think it's good. I'm glad there's some funding for art. I think there probably should be even a little more, but there you go. All right. Um, so uh, it's funny. There's this episode of Doctor Who you guys should watch where he goes back uh, in time to meet um, Vincent Van Gogh and he it ends with him taking him into the future to visit a Van Gogh museum or whatever. It's pretty cool how it's put together actually and, and, uh, and the guy who plays Van Gogh is uh, honestly like – a real, not only good actor, but but looks a lot like uh, like him. Um, so, uh, to answer Mike's sort of uh, what he was pointing out is true. I was playing devil's advocate here, and honestly, sometimes I, you feel dirty almost uh, uh, doing it and and dishonest um, to the listeners. But the reality is that Bo, Mike, and I generally lean the same way politically, and uh, and I think this is one of those topics that really will echo in certain ways depending on your political leanings. Mike mentioned that people who are more conservative in the spending of tax dollars would be perhaps less appreciative of their money being spent on art installations or what have you. Um, and uh, and I can appreciate that. And honestly, I don't think we have an, a silver bullet argument to say like, 
money should be spent on arts uh, by the government. I think that it's always going to be debated how much is spent. It's always going to be up for debate how many museums are funded, how many, how many you know, if, if we have a symphony or if we have whatever. But I think of uh, – I made a pro wrestling analogy earlier. To make a more mature analogy, um, if I think of the Civilization video game. Uh, there are many different ways that you can win that game. And one of them is an arts and culture victory. And you th- you think you think about you think about all these empires throughout history, and you think about what you remember the most from these empires. And often they were it, it was overspending on arts and culture, giant monuments, busts, sculptures, everything. Uh, and I think, of course, there is a balance there. But I think uh, that there is a strong value of in art one way or another, however you interpret it. And it's extremely difficult for the government to find that line uh, in in funding it. But I think it's a battle worth fighting. And therefore, I'm going to say that public art is good. Man, I love Civilization V. Seriously, it's the best. If there's one video game, I feel like Mike should play it, Civilization V. All right. It's too, it's too arty for me. It sounds so nerdy. An arts and culture victory. Yeah, it's, you can Most win. Most games be lame. What about a massive bomb on someone's head victory? That, that, Headshot that's victory. A, that, there's science victory. There's dominance victory, which you just described. And there's a UN victory if you can make the United Nations and form a... <laughs> <laughs> good, luck, good luck with that. No, you can win that way. Absolutely. You, <laughs> that would always fail. That's a diplomatic victory. It, that game is amazing. But anyways, not to segue. Uh, if you like video games, check out our podcast, cxmpodcast.com. Um, but... I'm giving my verdict now on publicly funded art, and I think you guys both brought very good points. I know, as someone who can minorly has like a little finger on the idea that I am an artist, you know, saying I am an artist, I like the idea of the public funding me so I don't have to do this stupid freaking job that I'm doing. Like, so I am all in on publicly funded art. Give me the money to do the things that I love to do. Uh, publicly funded art is good. Bias to the mat. I'm just going to go full bias here and say, give me public money to make things because working is not my jam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone who works. I respect it. I love it. It's not my jam. Let me just make shit and be a weirdo. Um, that's, that's, I I, I like, uh, I like how you're owning, owning your bias. And I think like it's important to do that because, you know, I, I think all three of us are coming from similar places. So sometimes, you know, when you get into that echo chamber zone, it can get a little risky. So it's good that we were able to self-examine a little bit on the show. Folks, if you want to critically examine us, you can by emailing us at goodbadbull at gmail.com. You can visit goodbadbull.com. All our stuff is there, all our old podcasts, the whole nine yards. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at goodbadbull. You'll get notified whenever a new episode drops. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe on Stitcher and iTunes. Like us on Facebook. We always love your likes, your comments. Interact with us. We want to hear from you on any topic. This is a good one, but we've recently done the other topics, the United Nations, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, if you have stuff you want to tell us, please reach out, email uh, e- email or, or follow us individually on Twitter because you can do that. We're individuals of an individual nature. Michael, if people wanted to follow you on Twitter, how, how would they go about doing that? Uh, on If they wanted to for some reason. 
uh, <laughs> at ML find my very far between tweets. You know, the art in my tweets is is like jazz. It's the notes you don't play. You know, so the tweets, <laughs> the tweets I don't make are the ones you have to be looking for with me. Oh That's my god! Wow. <sighs> So at ML Hodgins uh, and Bo, that if was, people want to I'd like to point you, out that was a radioactive level of pretension right there. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. I think that was one of my better. It was Twitter. good. I'm not saying it was. I didn't say it was bad. I just Basically said we just was, get free advertising to Twitter, which is yeah, I know. Well, okay. Well, t- next time, give them your mailing address and you tell them to send your tweet. Ad- there. <laughs> awesome. Print it out, mail it to you, and that way, you know. Uh, you can find me at Bo Schwartz, where you can find out all the weird crap I'm up to. It's mostly video game related, so if you like this show but not into video games, it won't appeal to you. But I do EXM Podcast, EXMPodcast.com, core at HeroesForYou.com, and I will be on Azeroth Roundtable Friday night. So uh, you can check that out at twitch.tv Azeroth RT. Uh, yeah, what's great I'm all over the internet. He's limited to 130 characters. <laughs> uh, and you can follow me at Crofted Steers. Get it because you're long-winded. Yes, but it's it? that, that's the yeah. joke. Who's saying that, me, this I'm is like I'm a club. Synced. This is like a club of long-winded people it's here. Like opposite day. It's true. None of us should be it's on true. Twitter. There's we a lot know. of wind in this show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. At the same point, that's why we're doing the show. This is our art, gentlemen. We have to share ourselves with the it world. Is. That's true. And just like a lot of publicly funded art, nobody likes it, but it's still good. <laughs> we're not publicly team. funded. I know I, we're not. Yeah, public. Maybe yeah. we should look into some grants. We well, have we have a patron. That's that's my mom. Bo's, Bo's my Heinelke Joni, my mother, is our patron. She it's provides true. us with four dollars a month on Patreon.com. It is, is generous, and it's a gener- it's generous support. And like you, you can, can too, and you guys could be a part of it too for just a dollar a month. We would love it, and all it would really serve for us, even the small amount, would be to pay for our domain costs and help make the show happen. Help us make just it happen. Think- when you have that choice of, you know, a, a dollar, it's like a dollar a day to feed a child in Africa, or you could support this podcast, which we do anyways, the choice is clear. <laughs> do both. <laughs> this is only a dollar a month. Oh, a, a month. month. Okay, do both. You have money to yeah, do both. Yeah, let the kids starve. And if you don't, it's okay, too. You're welcome to listen. It's free to the world, but that's what being a patron of the arts is all about. The guy who was Shakespeare's patron wasn't like, I'm the only one that's going to be in the audience to watch his plays. No, he said, everyone, come on down and watch this great Shakespeare stuff. It's funny because we talked about public art, but, you know, which was a good way to approach because, like, art just in itself is kind of a funny topic because you get into it. It becomes super complicated when you're like, what is art? Where does it start? Wait, Where does it end? You said it And wrong. it's like, oh, is it pop culture? Is it stuff like this show? Is it like, oh, it, it's like... like... You said it wrong. You know, you know what that is? That's a, that's a wicked question. Taxes.
Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.